Oh, hello. Welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep. I'm your host, Grace Helbig. Very exciting to have Caitlin Bristow on today's episode. I've done her podcast a few times. And finally, she is making her debut on Not Too Deep. If you don't know her, you uh, get ready to be impressed and exhausted by how much this woman does. You might know her from Bachelor Nation as the Bachelorette. Uh, you might know her from Instagram. She's all over there. She's got a scrunchie line. She's got two adorable golden retrievers. She's got uh, a wine uh, label, Spade and Sparrow. She's got all kinds of things going on and most recently has been announced as one of the official contestants on this upcoming season of Dancing with the Stars. We talk all about what she's doing to prep for that. We talk about what it's like to be in the public eye via a reality television show, what it's like to date her current boyfriend who also came from said reality television show franchise. It's a really fun, exciting, informative episode. So enjoy Not Too Deep with Caitlin Bristow. Caitlin, thank you for being here. This is so fun. This is so exciting. I've done your podcast a couple times and now you get to be on Not Too Deep. Um, I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. Of course. Now, anytime I have a guest that's kind of like a very hybrid creative person, I like to ask them, what is your deal? <laughs> like, how do you describe who you are and what you do to someone that you've never met before? Okay. Um, well, I, uh, my name's Caitlin Bristow. I feel like I kind of got everything as a start from being on Bachelor and Bachelorette. And then from there, I came off the show and thought, how do I not just do flat tummy tea ads for money? How do I actually build something and have longevity in a career? So I found a team that is friends and business people and they're all females and we just really created um kind of a brand for myself we sat down and thought about what does she love what are things that she that would make sense for her to you know mm -hmm. be part of so we kind of um I started my podcast. So I'm a host of a podcast called Off the Vine. I um, am kind of a wine, like not snob, I'll drink anything. <laughs> wine lover, you could say. So I have my own wine For label. Sure. Um, I wear scrunchies in my hair every day. So I started a scrunchie brand. Um, and that's pretty much, yeah, podcast. So, wine yeah. Scrunchie. You're this kind of a renaissance creative entrepreneur. It's v very inspiring and super cool to watch. And interesting to hear that like there was a concerted effort to like sit down and figure out like what the game plan was after Bachelor. Yeah. Because uh, I think a lot of, or I assume that like a lot of people that come off of that show and like you said, it's just like, I'll do whatever ad based stuff I can do. Like you're thrown into this crazy whirlwind of yeah. this society this world this universe that exists yeah, among I itself totally, I totally get that people do that that you know like it's it's incredible money once you yeah. have a platform and you don't even realize like I I was on the bachelor in a time where I didn't actually know that was a thing on Instagram it, that's when it was kind of starting so yeah. I wasn't going on the show to be like oh I'm gonna get Instagram followers I was kind of like holy hell and then you could make money off that like what and yeah so I don't blame them for doing it. Nothing against the ads because I'm like, get your money. It's amazing. Totally. Yeah. Well, it's it's also like, so what what was the time frame that you were on The Bachelor? What year was it? So 2015. 2015. Yeah. So this world in social media is still evolving. And like, that's the kind of moment I think where people are realizing that they can build brands. They can like build out and up instead of just like laterally. Right. I'm curious, 
what was the decision to audition for The Bachelor? Was it a singular decision, like by yourself? Was it a group collective decision of other people influencing you? It was one of those things where I was so heartbroken and like devastated from a breakup where my girlfriend, my best friend was like, let's sign you up for The Bachelor. Like, I feel like so many people like would say that, but I was like, yeah, okay. Like not anything would ever come from it. So she was like determined that I was going to go on The Bachelor. And she was like, I know it. This is going to happen. You're going to go on The Bachelor. You're going to fall in love, but he's going to break your heart. You're going to come in third and then you're going to be The Bachelorette. (laughs) That's what she said. Wait, so she predicted all of this before it happened. Yes. It was this thing because I was like, well, no way I'm falling in love on The Bachelor. That's so dumb. She was like, there's no way they're going to pick a Canadian to like be the next Bachelor bachelorette they love the all-american girl next door like there's no way but i like where your head's at so anyways we sent in everything paperwork photos all the necessary like audition videos and um i never heard anything back and Uh. a year went by and i just was like didn't even think like that was i just had forgotten that idea also there's so much vulnerability in sending all of this very personal stuff away to like an unknown, you don't know the face of the person that gets to take all this material in. And then you just sit in silence for a year (laughs) pretending that you never did that. Right. Like I was giving like my, um, like they need your records for like, excuse me. Um, what is it? Like, criminal records if you've ever oh, yes. like, they need everything of, of yeah. you as a human being and then you're like no nothing okay nothing? cool, cool. <laughs> I'm cool too I didn't really want this so a year goes by and then you get a phone call from someone yeah so I was working at a restaurant and it was like a lunch break or something I was back in the um, lunchroom at a restaurant I was working at and I saw a missed call from like an LA number uh-huh. I listened to the voicemail and she was like Hey, this is so and so from casting um, with ABC's The Bachelor, and I was like, oh, "What? You guys can call huh? a year later." <laughs> I called her back, and she was like, "Yeah, are you single?" And I was like, kind of going on dates with a guy, and mm-hmm. I literally was like, "Yep," <laughs> because I was super into it, anyways. And I was like, "Yep," and then again, sent in more photos and paperwork, and then they're like, "We'd love to fly or we'd love you to come in and like talk at the office." And I was actually going to LA with a girlfriend for vacation. And so I went there and met everybody at the office and wow. that's how it happened. And then the rest is history. That's so wild. So it's basically like you're dating this casting director to get on this program to date these other strangers. Yes. It's so nuts. And I remember when Mamrie and I came and did your podcast a couple of years ago and I had never watched your season. I was just freshly new to the whole Bachelor Nation scenario. Yeah. And it was so interesting to hear you talk about behind the scenes how when you eventually became the Bachelorette, mm-hmm. that there's like Rolodexes of guys' names and that you have to go and refresh yourself because it's edited, obviously, to make you look like you remember everyone and everything they do constantly. And you have this constant dialogue in your head of exactly charting every person's every yeah. move. Yeah, I- I'm so fascinated about the BTS of all of that. The what do you if you could say is the wildest thing that happens behind the scenes? Uh, I think it's like the conversations of like, please don't make me make out with this guy. Yeah, (laughs) like you really because I mean, you want to like see romance more with more than just one person when there's 25 guys. But like, 
Right. Everything feels so wrong to you from your like moral compass and everything that you've known your whole life to like go be this like, you know, make out with him, make out with him. Like, let's see what he, it's just doesn't. Right. And I think those funny conversations like behind the scenes of like, well, you know, if I kiss him, can I go to bed early tonight? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If I give you the moment that you can uh, end this episode with, I'm tired. I'd like snacks in bed, please. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, uh, yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, Other behind the scenes, like, I mean, I just thought it was so funny that I would walk into a room. I am like such a tomboy at heart. And I would walk into this room with these gowns I would never wear. (laughs) My hair all done in this makeup that was so extravagant. And men would stand up and clap. And I was like, <laughs> my life, like, why are you clapping for me? And all unreal. my boyfriends, <laughs> and I'm like, what is happening? And then I would go back to the hotel room or wherever I was staying. I would literally rip them off, like, thank God, draw off. And I would just uh, sweat and eat beef jerky and put like zit cream on my face. And I was like, man, if they could really see the real Caitlin here. Oh, uh, I love it. Well, that's like, I've, I'm, I'm like, kind of into bachelor nation and i think it's the funniest thing when they refer to everyone as their boyfriend or girlfriend and that they're dating everyone and i'm like this mm, you're kind of but okay i understand why you have to frame it like this it is so funny to me yeah like i don't remember your name but you're my boyfriend yeah exactly exactly uh were you a very outgoing like open person before doing the show because i imagine like there's a certain psychologically sound person that can go through that experience and come out the other side still functioning thriving well adjusted because it seems like it seems like you're like pulled inside out and like shown to the world hey here she is every nook and cranny yeah um okay so my thought on this is uh, I mean thank god I went on in the time I did because if I went on in my younger 20s I would have been just so insecure and so fragile Mm. and like I didn't have thick skin. I was always, since I was little, I've always been an open book, like share. I'm an oversharer. I talk about like how I'm feeling all the time. Like that was no problem for me. Um, But, but just like going through that process, like they do, they chew you up and they spit you out and you go through all of these crazy emotions. Like they should definitely have a therapist for after. Yeah. Um, And, and I'm, to be honest, probably just as shocked as anybody that I am okay after that. <laughs> there was a time when I came off The Bachelorette, I was, I mean, 1000% without a, de- a doubt depressed. I was yeah. engaged, but nobody could know it. Wow. I was rewatching the season air where it was super controversial at the time. And the person that I had picked was just like, destroyed from it and having to relive it because when you're on the show, you're like, there's no way she has a connection with other people like us. And then you watch yeah. it back. You're like, what? Um, so I'm just like constantly hurting the person I love. I had just been through like hell and back on the show, which is fun as it was, it was an emotional roller coaster, and I was just drained. And yeah. then I'm just like living in this apartment in Vancouver where I'm like, what is going to happen now? I've got everyone in their freaking dogs calling me a whore and saying how much they hate me. And I was just like, people, I'm the hated bachelorette. Like uh, I was just in a really dark place. And then I just kind of went to my therapist, talked through Mm -hmm. a bunch of things with family and friends. And I was like, no, I know who I am and I know what I have to offer. And I know that I'm not what these people are saying. And I'm just going to I'm going to use it to my advantage and I'm going to stand up for women around the world who are like me 
and Mm -hmm. make something of this and use my platform for good. And then I started seeing more support and it it did take a while though to to wean out all the the Karens, if you will. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, because everyone uh, thinks that it's, they're entitled to your business, that they're entitled to opinions about your very personal, personal life because it's been presented to them. Uh, Well, that they kind of are right. Like they, they, they are allowed to have their opinions because I did put myself in that position. It doesn't mean they don't hurt my feelings or that they're like, right. I have to agree with them, but that's, what's the hardest part is like, they're allowed to have those opinions. They're just so harsh sometimes. And Uh. Yeah, it's but they are allowed to have those opinions. The unfortunate part is that your world is presented to them in a way where you don't have the control of the edit, which I think is from an audience spectator kind of position. That's why I think what you do online is so cool and important because you have sort of transferred this public image into like a very authentic brand online where you get to curate how you appear to everyone and what you share with everyone and how it's presented. Did you find social media like comforting after all of that? Or was there a time where you were like, I don't want to look at my phone. I don't want to see the internet. I don't want to see that I'm connected to anyone. Yeah. I mean, I went through both uh, right after when I actually found it funny at first because I was like, Oh my gosh, like all these strangers who I don't even know, they don't even know anything about me or like saying these things about me. Like at first I was like, this is hilarious. Yeah. And, and I think the combination of like being engaged to somebody who was like definitely not happy with me, um, that was wearing so heavy on me that the comments started getting to me and it all just turned into this nasty, like spiral storm. Um, yeah. but I actually remember saying this on my Snapchat cause Snapchat was really big when mm-hmm. I came on the show and it was really helpful for me because I got to kind of explain my side of things without like going against a contract or like ruining the show. And right. I was like, this is so nice because I actually get to just be myself on this video and like share that with people because that wasn't really a thing that people could do in past seasons. Right. Um, there wasn't Snapchat. Um, I think before my season and then there wasn't even Instagram stories until after Snapchat. So yeah. Um, yeah, I, I actually really loved that aspect of it with being able to, to just be myself and have still a pretty big audience watching. Yeah. Did you also with that, I feel like, you know, once you're part of Bachelor Nation, it's a very like, um, a very tight knit group of, of people because it's a very unique experience that you guys all share with each other. Is watching the show now enjoyable for you? Does it feel kind of like work that you have to do to like maintain your membership of the Bachelor Nation or is it just actually enjoyable? Um, it took a couple years. I sure I don't I hate sounding so dramatic and like poor me, but I honestly had trauma from the show and like Yeah, this isn't, I think that you don't need to apologize for how you feel about this. It is so wild that I think people forget that you're a human being kind of being puppeteered through this system for the purpose of everyone's entertainment. Like it is, it's weirdly, uh, this is dramatic to say, but I think it's kind of along the lines of like, you know, Roman like Coliseum days where you like bring lions and like gladiators out and you're like, watch them all struggle and enjoy it. And that's what reality TV is. That's exactly right. Like before I'd watch The Bachelor, I was such a fan and I would just laugh and be like, these people are ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And then after I was like, I can't even watch. Um, 
I mean, it was went into Nick's season, which he was the one that proposed to me. So I was like, ah, I don't like too soon, too soon. That's a little and, too triggering. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was Ben who was also on my season. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, still too soon. Yeah. Um, so I didn't watch those seasons. I want, I watched a little bit of JoJo's just because I wanted to be supportive of the bachelorette after me and like give her support. Um, For sure. But that was really hard for me. Now I love watching it again. I love talking about it. I love watching it. Um, right. and I definitely watch it through a different lens with like so much compassion for these people. Yeah. I mean, it is so wild and it only gets crazier the more connected we all are with social media too. Yeah. Like it's, it's insane. And the links that they have to go to to keep everything secretive, you oh. know, that oh, I don't know how they do it. It blows my mind. It truly yeah. blows my mind. Yeah. Um, but now you've parlayed this into like a beautiful life. Like just looking at your Instagram, it's uh you got so many things going on for you. And the most recent is that you're going to be on Dancing with the Stars, which I know has been a long dream, a yeah. very exciting and finally something you're able to do because yeah. like everything else, there was a lot of like uh, legalese and restrictions going on right. with that beforehand. Right. So does it feel a little bit like before you even get on the show, like a victory? Yes. Um, it felt like a victory when Hannah Brown went on it for me because mm -hmm. I was so passionate about speaking out on the fact that they kept letting their bachelors go on and not the bachelorettes. And I mean, I know they did. Trista went on and she was season one. And that's I mean, that was the first season they've ever done. And I think yeah. she was already out of contract, actually, at that point. But so she went on and then it just kept being like, Sean Lowe and then Chris Souls and then they didn't let me and they said you know you'll no um no one that comes on our show will be will be going on Dancing with the Stars anymore like it's just not good for anyone and this so, was like they had a personal vendetta against you specifically they're like okay her season's done let's bring two of the guys from her season on the next couple seasons and let them uh be beloved by the world and then let's also keep her from doing the one thing she really wants to do yes that was <laughs> Thing. And I was like, imagine having the power to have somebody's dreams come true and having the power to crush them and choosing to crush their dreams. Like, imagine that. And wow. so I was, you know, everyone knows I took it to Twitter. We had a little bit of a war with the creator of the show, but we've, we've come <laughs> to full circle. Um, and I think I'm, I'm just really proud that I said something and, you know, cause that did get me kind of blacklisted from the show for a while. And, um, I was kind of like, well, I'm, that's who I am. Like, I, I like to stand up for myself and, and what I think is right, even if it's going to give me less opportunity to be on television, like that's, I have to think about what matters. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I just continued to stand strong in that. And I just have such a supportive group of, you know, podcast listeners and followers that they kept saying stuff too. And I feel like my followers almost like didn't lose the dream either with me. And then that's full awesome. circle, you know, I had the conversation with, um, with Fleiss and I've like mended broken fences at ABC. I actually like d love them dearly. And, and we just have such a solid relationship now. Um, and, and so when they offered that to me, I was just like, you know what, this feels right. The timing feels right. I don't think I would have been um, mentally capable of doing TV right after doing that show. I don't know how, how Hannah did it. Um, and one, it was, I just like bow down to her for that. But yeah, it's, it's, it's just perfect timing and everything about it feels right. And I've got the best support system and I'm just like mentally in a good place. And physically I've been working my tits off. I was gonna, yeah. <laughs> I was, okay. We're going to take a quick break. I want to hear 
all about what you've been doing mentally and physically to prep for for this new season. So we'll be right back with more Not Too Deep. Hi, friends. Grace Helbig here from the podcast Not Too Deep, which you are currently listening to, hosted by me, Grace Helbig. Just wanted to say a couple of things. One, thank you so much for listening. And two, if you are enjoying yourself to such a degree that you'd love to leave us a um, review on the Apple Store, that would be so appreciated because again you are very appreciated for giving us your time your ears your attention whatever it may be uh and that was my couple of things now back to me me okay we're back so not only uh are you from this very popular franchise moving on to dancing with the stars you're also a dancer like you've (laughs) this is in your dna well, that's the part that actually scares me the most. Cause I think okay. people know, like my title, when I came out of the limo on um, the bachelor was dance instructor. And I'm like, wow. well, I haven't danced in like five years, but okay. <laughs> sure. Um, sure. Yeah. So I was like, that's the title they went with. Okay. Um, so everyone has thought of me as a dancer. And I mean, I did, I grew up dancing and i it's like my dream. I, I love dancing more than anything. My happy place is in a dance studio. Um, but now I just think that's so much pressure that I'm going in and people are like, well, she's a dancer, so she's going to do good. And I'm like, but I've never done ballroom and it's so yeah. much different. So I'm like, but, uh, but like, don't think of me as a dancer, just like <laughs> danced and like, I mean, I can still pick up, you give me a hip hop routine and I'll have the eight counts down and like, like that. But right. To, to be in a ballroom um, situation, like I don't even know how to do a waltz or like, like yes. I don't know anything. And I know that they don't do eight counts that I'm used to. Um, certain dance moves do toe heel and other ones are heel toe. And it's like just a complete different world. So I'm like, so like I have a yeah. dance, so I hope I, my memory is there with picking up steps. Um, sure, sure. And I have rhythm, of course, but my God, what if I'm just like the laughing joke of the show? Like <laughs> she was a dancer. Well, that's, I mean, that's the big appeal of that show too, is that you have this like wide net of types of people that compete and then you're shocked or delighted or disappointed by the way people show up for the show. What have you been doing to prep? Because when does, when do you actually start filming? Um, So we don't know exact dates yet. All I know is I'm heading out there the end of August to hopefully start rehearsals. Um, So I, I mean, I am... I am a machine right now and I am proud to say that because I've been working so hard. Jason, Jason's like, Oh my gosh, you, I've like never seen you like this because uh, I was, I was, um, I mean, I'm 35 and I am, I feel like I'm just, I've done things that I wanted to do in my life. I really truly believe I had one more thing in, deep down in me that I was like, I need to do one more thing. And it's totally dance. It's full yeah. circle. I gave up dance as a dream to chase a boy and like lost everything. And like, now I'm like, Ooh. I'm getting yeah. chills. I feel I like this know. is a new indie rom-com that could be yeah. written right now. Seriously. <laughs> and then it's like, she's back in 35, better than ever. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, I just want to be in the best shape of my life before I have kids. Like, I really want my next step to be family. And I'm mm-hmm. like, just hoping that that happens for me. But I was like, I want to be in the best shape. And then when I found out that I was like, this is a perfect opportunity. I'm going to get so strong. I am oh. going to like mentally and physically just be the strongest I possibly can. So I've been doing 
like serious uh, weightlifting with a trainer who's like trained the Titans and like the Nashville Predators. Like he's a like <laughs> trainer for athletes. Holy and shit. <laughs> You're going thing, for it. <laughs> I, oh, I like injured my back. I was like, <laughs> I was like, dude, I can't come on Wednesday. Like I totally injured my back. He goes, no, Caitlin, welcome to deadlifting. It's called your sore. You're not injured. Uh, and I wasn't, uh, I was just that sore that I thought I couldn't move. Wow. So I've been doing that for about 12 weeks. I've been doing physical therapy for um, mobility and like strength. And she'll put these goggles on me that athletes do um, Mm -hmm. for balance. So there are these goggles that have strobe lights and then I'll balance on one foot with the strobe lights going and she'll throw lacrosse balls at me and I have to like try and catch them. Because I'm working (laughs) on my balance. And then um, I've been boxing for like, you know, like my quick moves and my footwork and heck yeah. uh, stamina and then I've been riding my Peloton bike and I've just been like in the zone where on Sundays that's a different story but like Monday through Saturday I'm like really trying to be aware of I mean I'm still drinking so much wine but sure it's all part of the brand yeah it's it's, you know it's called research and development Uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's work uh, uh-huh. but it's also a treat. Cause I'm like, I'm going hard. Like give me a glass of wine. Um, yeah. I've been really prepping. And, th- and this is just like, could you imagine I go home night one and I'm just like, I went to the crystal store today and I got all these like manifesting crystals. I got a safe yeah. blessing. I'm like going in all ripped. I'm like, yeah, the first. And like, sorry, Caitlin, you didn't get enough votes. <laughs> well, then you'll be voted off in the best shape of your life. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, that's, I mean, so you're doing truly mental, physical, spiritual training for all yeah. of this. Wow. Yeah. That's very intense. Is there um, a dance that you're the most nervous or concerned about or just uh, all of them? All of them. I, yeah. I feel like I would be excited for like, do they even do the tango? I feel like I love the tango. I, th- I feel it sounds yeah. like a. Cha-cha, yeah. Cha-cha-cha. That's what I really want to do. I, I'm really nervous for the um, the jive and salsa because mm. I know a few people that have gone on the show and they say that was the most difficult. Mm, okay. Well, yeah. it feels like you've been doing a lot of like game day training. Like you are getting in the zone. I feel like this is like your Rocky montage right now of all the different things that you're doing. I'm documenting this and like put it in a video form. And right? Then, then it would have been like, that that would have made it worth it. If I do go home night one, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> like, uh, at the end. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. But uh, so on top of this, you talked about drinking wine. You have your own wine label. Uh, how did this come about? Because your podcast, your podcast also drinking wine. All of yeah. it goes hand in hand. Did this happen before podcasts, after podcasts? So this was something that uh, when I was working in the restaurant industry, I used to train servers and have to be really knowledgeable about the wine list and pairing it with food. And I always loved learning about wine and knowing about wine and tasting Mm -hmm. wine. And it was just something that I was, I fell in love with. It was probably one of the only reasons I really stayed in the restaurant biz because I was just so fascinated by it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, so after working at a restaurant, I was like, oh, that would be a dream to have like a wine label. So when I went on the show and came off the show, I was like, I, I need to do something around wine. And then yeah. when the podcast happened, it was off the vine. Oh, I'll drink wine and, you know, have like a social fun hang with somebody. I'll, my guests will drink wine and we'll just like shoot the shit. Yeah. And, and I was like, um, after about three years, 
of doing the podcast, I think. No, two, two years of doing the podcast. Somebody was like, why don't you have your own wine label? And I was like, why the hell do I not have my own wine label? <laughs> like, that of course is my next move. And yeah. so it, I thought, you know, I'm an influencer. I can slap my name on a wine and I'll like, of course, love there the wine. And, but I was like, I really want to be um, invested in it. I want to put my money where my mouth is. I want to invest all my own money into it. Um, mm-hmm. Put that all down myself. I want to be part of every business call. And I'm still thinking that was going to be fun, which it is, yeah. but I did not realize the amount of work that goes into this, like just shipping alone with different states and different laws and the manufacturers and the like labels and corks and picking all these different things and the distribution and trying to convince people to carry my wine. And it's crazy how much work goes into it. Um, But it's just been the most like rewarding for me because I mean, it's wine. It's something I'm passionate about. And I really feel like, like I guess silver lining in 2020 is that I got to actually be home and really um, be a part of the businesses that I, that I own. I just feel like I was more involved and it's been like really rewarding. Yeah. Cause that's, I, I know that you were, you were doing a tour, you're doing like live shows and yeah. you were like on the move. It felt like constantly um, yeah. before quarantine and everything happened did and it's nice to hear that like quarantine actually in a positive way gave you a moment to like sit with all of your the branded stuff and figure everything out and like be really close to it and a part of it Mm -hmm. um is there development in the wine side for other bottles other types yeah. So right, right now we have a rosé, um, a Pinot Grigio and a Pinot Noir. We're, mm-hmm. we're really wanting to bring back the cab because people loved it. Um, and I'm wanting to do like, you know, a holiday wine or a reserve bottle. But we also have so many fun, exciting, different things that you wouldn't think of when it comes mm-hmm. to wine um, that we haven't like really figured out just yet. We're working out the kinks and, and trying to like see how we can do this. Um, but stay tuned for that because I it's going to be cool. So fun. Yeah. Are we talking like inventing something that very cool because uh, I feel like now is the time for everyone to adapt and uh, innovate in a (laughs) a lot of ways. So it's very exciting to hear that because also like, like you said, you have your scrunchie line. You've, you've, you're dabbling with music now. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you have two beautiful dogs uh, that are adorable. Are they coming with you to train when you start training? Yeah, they're coming. So Jason and the dogs are <gasps> coming. And because they're both um, emotional support animals. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as soon as I got ramen, I actually got paperwork and stuff because uh, I mean, I'm very honest about struggling with uh, anxiety. Mm-hmm. And anxiety on a planes was a really new thing for me. I used to love, love flying. I used to mm. think like, what a gift. I can just sit back in a chair, fly through the air, drink wine and watch a movie. Like, yeah, yeah. Like the longer the flight, the better. And then I don't know what shifted in me. And it, something came over me in the last couple of years of traveling where mm-hmm. I feel trapped. I start getting like hot and anxiety. Yeah. And I, like weird things go through my head. And so, um, yeah, ramen definitely helps me on flights. He's the best traveler. He's just a little angel on planes. He just curls up in a little like croissant at my feet and like, he's just an angel. And then Pino is also, but Pino's never been on a plane before. So (gasps) Jason's taking him and I'm like, good luck with that. That'll be his first plane experience. Yeah. And Pino's like, um, 
very unpredictable. Ramen's very okay. predictable. Like I know exactly what he's going to do and how he is and what to do to calm him down. Pino's just like all over the map and he like howls at random sounds. <laughs> I don't know. He's just like, I'm pretty sure he pooped on the floor this morning. He hasn't like, he's so potty trained. I don't even know. Like he's just so unpredictable. Yeah. Oh, no. And especially in quarantine, my dog has also become like so wildly codependent and so yeah. confusing with her emotions that I I can't predict anything that she's going to do now. It's very strange. Yeah. Um, what was the catalyst to get the first golden retriever? Ramen was first. Yeah. Ramen was okay. first. I have since I was little, I've loved golden retrievers. And mm-hmm. that was oh, I had a golden retriever in my last relationship that I was so obsessed with that mm. when when we broke up I was like I can't handle not seeing this dog like yeah. I, I'm like not okay and so I was like well I'll just have to get my own um and then Jason hadn't even moved in yet and I was following Bunny's Buddies on Instagram which is an organization out of um San Diego but mm. they rescue dogs um from South Korea and China from like the meat industry. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was following their account, just like wanting to help all these dogs. And so I would put them on my Instagram stories being like, Hey, if you want to help donate to this surgery or whatever. And then I saw ramen and they were like, we found this little guy on the side of the road. And like, (gasps) he had a broken leg and a fractured pelvis from being kicked. They thought, and I was like, Oh God. And his name was ramen. And I was just like, in oh, he came with, with the name Ramen? Oh. Yeah. And I was just in love with him instantly. And so I started donating to his surgery and I was like, he needs to get better. Yeah. I was telling everybody. And then I said to Jason, like, I'm like such a woo-woo weirdo with um, signs from the universe and mm-hmm. like things meant to be and having gut feelings. And I just totally. said, I feel like this is my dog. Like, I need him. And Jason was like, no, no, that we are not going to have time for dog. You're on a plane every week. Like there's yeah, no yeah. way. And I was like, well, like maybe I can talk to a therapist and see if I could get him to be emotional support animal that could travel. And he's like, it's a golden retriever. He's going to be huge. He's only like 45 pounds. He's so little. Wow. Yeah. He's small. And so I just was like, look, I'm getting this dog and you're moving it. I need your support on this. And he was like, okay, here we go. There we go. uh, He flew all the way from South Korea and he, poor thing, could barely walk on his back leg. And we had to take him. I took him to physical therapy every week. He'd like walk in water and like, he's just started getting so much stronger. And then, and then we just were like, we need another one. We need another. (laughs) And they get along. The two pups get along. I swear they might be brothers. They're from the same um, organization. They both mm-hmm. stayed at the same shelter and um, they just are very similar. Okay. And when the reason we got Pino is because the the lady called me and she goes, we have ramen 2.0. Like this is literally ramen in a different dog. Like it's crazy. And I was wow. like, wow. and then, and Jason again was like, I don't know. And then <laughs> surprised me and got Pino and like, oh, I that's totally so surprised. sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. Oh, that's so cute. Have you done the dog DNA test at all to see if they are related? Yes. So we did do the DNA test. Um, they both have so many similar relatives. Okay. Uh, some close, some not. I don't know. I'm like convinced they have the same dad. I love that. Uh, yeah. They seem super sweet. So they're going to be out here. Potentially there's a opportunity to dance with the dogs. 
you know what? Let's do a little throwing it out there. Yeah, right. <laughs> dancing with dogs. I would love that. <laughs> is there other than Dancing with the Stars? Are there any other reality programs that you could see yourself on? Hmm. Um, Big Brother. <laughs> really? And I, I have always been a huge nerd for Big Brother. I mean, like I force friendships on all of them when they come off the show. I'm <laughs> Um, I have friends. Um, I like watch the live feeds. Like I have um, wow. brother pools with friends. Not this year, but I usually do. I love that show, and I would love to be on it. Like that, I auditioned for that show too. But they don't take Canadians. Wow, really? Yeah, that's so interesting. Why don't they take Canadians? Does Canada have their own franchise? The Voice, um, American Idol does, but The Voice doesn't, which is interesting. interesting. Weird. Oh, but I can see you on that show. I mean, yeah. that'd be great. I could also, would you and Jason ever do like Amazing Race or anything like that? Yeah, we've talked about that. I think I would love to do, we both would love to do Amazing Race. Oh, yeah. I feel like you guys would be great at that. <laughs> we, we, I feel like we'd make such a solid team. Like I'm, I'm like, I think people would think I'm a baby with certain things like bugs or like eating. I feel like I could do that. And like, I'm pretty fearless with certain things. And Jason's like the most intelligent human being on the planet and like could direct us everywhere. And he would do all the weird things. So I'm like, we'd be so good. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, Whenever the world opens back up, I could see that happening. Right. Do you, because you guys are both from the Bachelor Nation world, do you feel or do you have like any unspoken rule over like the privacy of your personal relationship? That's a really good question because first of all, I don't think anyone's really asked us that. And it's actually a topic in our relationship quite often because at first when we met, he is, um, I was shocked, like getting to know him. I'm like, I can't even believe you went on that show. Like, it's just (laughs) seem like it's, it's just so out of character and his, his family, they're just the most incredible people. And they're like, they're, they're just classy people. And And you're like, why? How would you? I don't get it. And so I know, like, when I first met him, like, his mom said to him, are you sure you can keep up with Caitlin? Like, she is a firecracker. And he was like, oh, no. Um, He can, by the way. But it was just very new to him and the family, I think, to be so public and Mm -hmm. um, to share things. And it had already come so naturally to me in life. Um, and then on my podcast, like I'll talk about anything and everything. And so, um, a really actually crazy story was uh, he just was like, not used to that. And we talked about something on one of my live podcasts. And I said, like, I was on my period. I said that like we were dry humping and I was like laughing about it. Cause like, who does that? <laughs> yeah. and, and, I, and then I said, and then he picked my nose. Like we're there. Like we, we do all the things. And that actually got picked up by a media um, and his job, he was, um, you know, he was VP of a bank in Seattle and I mean, he handled it so well because he's like, right. well, first of all, because they were kind of like, you know, if you're in this banking world, like these kind of headlines are, and which is so sure. weird. Um, but which is also, like, but also like the, he's already been on the bachelorette. Like right. there's, he's a public person now. Exactly. And so it like he, he was going to have to eventually deal with something like that. But sure. But he was just like, look, I was having consensual sex with my girlfriend. <laughs> and, and she said it, not me. Like, there's really no issue here. And they were kind of yeah. like, that's very valid and very fair. But 
he ended up leaving anyways but like because okay. he was moving here but it was just so interesting because it's like uh, what can you do what can you do what a what a wonderfully awkward headline article for that conversation to have happened in yeah. a professional yeah, it was, setting. It was a wild time, but he, I think he's kind of getting used to it. But that was a, definitely a conversation in our relationship of like, can you not share so much? And I'm like, but why? It's so relatable. Yeah. <laughs> like, but this is my brand. Yeah. Uh, I, can't, like, I don't keep can't secrets. My brand. I talk about <laughs> embarrassing shit all the time. <laughs> but that's great I mean yeah because it's it feels like you guys have a very solid relationship that flows naturally because there's like a respect between you yeah. guys and a respect for your actual private relationship especially because you both have been through that like microscope of bachelor nation stuff and now you get to control your narrative yeah it exactly. gets picked up by a random yeah website here and, and there it's so crazy because even his family they've just gotten so comfortable with it and and they kind of understand just who I am now as a person like I'm sure. not a bad person and <laughs> his like his mom she watched my um season with me when it aired as like the reunion and like the little three-hour special and she was like you got this like we're gonna get through this together and I'm like what? <gasps> this is amazing so it was, <laughs> oh, it that's great. very sweet yeah. okay we're going to take one last break. When we get back, I have some Twitter questions for you. So we'll be right back with more Not Too Deep. So, Caitlin, before we get into these Twitter questions, I'm going to ask you the two questions I ask every single guest that is on the podcast. And the first is, who, alive or dead, would you most like to throw cold spaghetti at? Oh, yeah, I forgot you do that question. <laughs> um, I would like to throw cold spaghetti. Oh, um, do you say dead or alive? Dead or alive. And it's uh, with the knowledge that this answer could change on a regular basis. It's just who today comes to mind. My like heart for some reason wants to say Oprah just, okay. just to see how she reacts because I I love her who doesn't I'm <laughs> yeah. on the planet that'd be like, I, I'm going to throw it in her face because I don't like her. Like I'm doing it because I think she's just the most kindest soul who would like find a reason as to why I did that and then talk me through it. Yeah, I feel like she would turn that into like one of the like commercials where she's like carbs and just throws <laughs> spaghetti everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like we bond over it. Yeah, I feel like that'd be a really good marketing tool for her. It would definitely make headlines. <laughs> yes. Okay, the other question I ask every guest is to tell us your worst pants shitting story or close call, but you can only use three words or small phrases. Um, or a combination of words and small phrases. So mine, for example, is college jogging front lawn. Okay. Mine is New York. Oh. First time meeting Jason's parents. (laughs) Karaoke bar. Oh, no. Oh, that's a very vivid memory. (laughs) There's a lot going on there. Oh, this city that never sleeps. Um, Okay, no follow-up questions to that. We can all fill in our own blanks about what might have happened. Uh, Let's get into some Twitter questions. Um, Okay, someone wants to know, why The Bachelorette? Were you going to actually find love, or was it more like, fuck it, let's see what happens? 
Yeah. Um, Bachelor, I was more, fuck it, let's see what happens. Yeah. I was like definitely interested in like just doing something else after. I was like, what could I do from that? Like that would open doors for me. Mm-hmm. Not believing in the process. I got there. Then I believed in the process because I was like, oh, dang, I actually did fall somewhat in love with this person. Um, And then I believed it could happen for me as the bachelorette. So going into the bachelorette, I actually really did do it because I thought I could fall in love. Mm, Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess when you're there and you're in the process, it's hard to deny what's happening. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. I see why girls cry on night one. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm deprived of all of my things and made to stay awake for over 24 hours. Okay. Yeah. Alcohol. See ya ya tomorrow. Uh, Okay. Someone wants to know who do you want to be partnered with on Dancing with the Stars? Anyone. I, I, who do I really want? Derek Huck, but he's not there anymore. So Mm. that I like have, this is so creepy and I hope he doesn't ever hear this story, but I have actually had dreams that I've danced with him because I met wow. him. When I was the bachelorette and I was on good morning America doing something. He was on good morning, good morning America. Cause they were announcing the cast for the new dancing with the stars. And he dipped me for a picture. And from then on, I've like had vivid dreams about dancing with him. So I always mm. thought that was going to happen. And now I'm like, dang, he's not there anymore. Okay. So now I'm like, I really like Val. I really mm-hmm. like Sasha. Um, and, um, I'm like blanking on other people's names, but I, I won't, I won't be upset at anyone who I get. Do you know how you get told who you're paired with? Is it like a surprise? Do they announce it live? I think it's a surprise. Like, I don't think we know until we go there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Fingers crossed. Who knows? There's still time for Derek to come back and make a sweeping, shocking surprise. Is that like uh, a world of dance, the show he's on though? Like it's different. Oh yeah. Things, isn't it? Fair, very fair. No, I'm not. I'm not losing hope until it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, someone to know: Will we be getting more music? Yes. Oh my gosh! I just recorded a new song. Um, ah! I just wrote a new one yesterday, and I recorded a new one last week. And I wrote a song for Jason, and it's like I'm like really not a um, words of affirmation kind of person in a relationship. But if you mm-hmm. ask me to like write it down, I can. So it was like a really beautiful process to like write out our story and like sing what I was feeling to him um, and and then record it. I'm like, I'm really proud of it. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. And also what a, a different avenue. Have you always been into music? Um, so growing up, I was always doing song and dance, singing and dancing. It was like my favorite thing in the world. I was in like a couple musicals. Um, and then when I moved to Nashville, I was like, oh, I just like singing. I liked to do as a hobby. I actually did it back in Vancouver too. I just took lessons on the side because I loved doing it. Yeah. Um, so I did that here. And then I started finding myself being in the same circle as songwriters and country singers. And like, people are like, oh, we should write one time. And I'm like, I don't know how to write music. And they're like, <laughs> it's co-writing. You, you just tell us like what you're feeling. We can help you put it into a song. And I was like, okay. And I started falling in love with that. And then I just, I, I actually, I was on Broadway for a hot minute there singing and hosting, um, a Christmas show on Broadway. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I was like, I, I say this all the time and I'm like, I'm pretty sure my mic was turned off. Like I'm like 99, <laughs> just totally fine. Um, but I've always just loved to sing. So now that I'm like actually doing it and people were enjoying it, I was like, what? Oh, you guys cool. like it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so cool. Fun. It also sounds like a very therapeutic process to just sort of talk out how you feel and then 
and you're with shape strangers. it into a song. Yeah. You're with strangers who are all so like artistic and like totally open to vulnerability because that like makes good music. And so yeah. you don't get stupid saying anything. You're mm-hmm. like, wow, that's really cool. Let's do that. And like, they're so talented out here. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. awesome. And way to get like the best use out of the city that you live in. It's perfect. I love it. Uh, someone to know, well, speaking of you being in the United States, how much do you miss Canada right now? So I, I Again, <laughs> another vivid dream I have is going back to Canada. Oh. I, I'm like, obviously, so I feel so fortunate to be in the States and get to have a work visa and be here. And like, America has done so much for me. Um, but I am like such a true Canadian. And I usually go back home for a month every summer I usually go home other times but for a summer I usually go for a full month and like mm-hmm. not being there right now and seeing the memories on my um Instagram like one year oh, ago yeah we're out on the lake with your family and I'm like Ugh! and no. I've gone without seeing family so I'm just like yeah I'm, I miss Canada I could totally see myself raising a family there uh I mean yeah that you have the lucky scenario of being a citizen of Canada yeah. to go yeah. back yeah <laughs> Uh, someone to know what's a bigger dating red flag. They sing every sentence they say out loud, or they literally cannot whisper. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I feel like Jason does sing every sentence he says. Um, okay. which sometimes I'm like, that's funny, and sometimes I'm like, please stop. Um, I <laughs> whisper one because then he would be careful of what he says. Ah. Yeah. yeah, that's very true. Very true. Also, I just think it's funny that someone like can't actually whisper. Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay, here's the last question, because I feel like you're very wonderfully open about dealing with anxiety, dealing, living your life kind of out loud online. Mm-hmm. Um, someone wants to know what are good ways to manage your own toxic behaviors? Oh, I've got a list. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Well, one, one thing that's actually just really helped me was being aware of them. Like, Mm. I would pretend they weren't happening before where now I'm like, Oh, my gosh, Caitlin, this is that thing that you do where you go out of your own body and act like a child and like, yeah, like, come back to yourself, you like have the tools now to not do that. Um, So I think being aware of it helps me. Um, I am such a believer in meditation because mm-hmm. since I've done meditation, which has been probably three years now, um, my overall just like demeanor has been more calm and I can find ways to come out of that toxic way of thinking quicker. Mm. Um, do you use any specific apps or calm. the calm, calm? Yeah. Yeah. I really love that one. I'm like obsessed with Tamara's voice. It's just Mm. like, puts me to sleep all the time. Um, exercise is a big one for me, which I never wanted to believe before these last 12 weeks, but it, I am a different person mentally from that. You just have more like, I don't know, clarity and energy and just like the endorphins thing is real. Mm -hmm. And then honestly, I go so regular, uh, regularly to my therapist and she, she just knows me so well at this point and my, you know, reasons for why I do certain things I do or why I react certain ways. And so talking through that with somebody, even if it's not a therapist, like talking through your toxic behaviors with somebody and knowing that like in the moment of this happening, yeah, it feels impossible. It feels absolutely impossible to come out of it, but you just have to like, every day is, uh, has got to be, um, an effort. Like, you can't think you're going to be healed um, yeah. from that kind of behavior. You just every day, it's going to be a constant effort and, and um, a practice that you do every day. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I feel like just the 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 effort to acknowledge it, it makes such a huge difference on a regular basis instead of just sort of like letting it continuously exist and hoping magically someone's wand will come and hit you and it goes away. Um, yeah. You're an ongoing project in your own mm-hmm. self for your whole life. Totally. That's all really wonderful advice. Uh, well, before we wrap up completely, usually when we do the podcast in person, we give a gift to our guests, which is a personalized fortune cookie from us to you. But because we're doing this remotely, we have a digital fortune cookie that we've sent you that I think Melissa might have emailed to you. Oh my gosh, fun. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, I got it. Okay. What a good idea. They're cute. Okay. It says, the monkey writing this fortune is about one and a half bottles of spade and sparrows deep in. And it, what what does that mean? Deep in and witties? Oh, I think it just gets a little drunker as you read on. Getting oh. <laughs> getting shardader harder to get the words out. No, you're drunk. <laughs> wow. That animal. We don't mistreat the animals that work here on the Not Too Deep podcast. We allow them to imbibe in any of the uh, sins that they want to experience. Uh, Really great. Caitlin, this has been so fun. Where can people find you and everything that you are doing? Because you are a very busy lady before you make the, the trip west and start your adventure on Dancing with the Stars. Well, thank you for having me. You are so good at what you do and I love being on. Um, and so I'm basically Caitlin Bristow everywhere, like Instagram, Twitter. Um, I'm like Snapchat. Do I even use that? Don't, <laughs> I don't Snapchat anymore. I'm like, it's been a while. Um, what do I do now? What's the... Oh, TikTok. TikTok. Um, <laughs> that's just what comes to mind when I do TikTok. Uh, yeah. And then, I mean, everything, if you want to buy the wine... Um, it's my at spade and sparrows on Instagram. Um, but everything's on caitlinbristow.com as well. You can shop the scrunchies and the wine, and that's probably a good place for everybody to go. Awesome. Check out everything that she's doing, guys. There's something for everyone and get ready for the next season of Dancing with the Stars because you gotta call in and vote. I forget how they do it. You could text, you could do text. I'm gonna do so many swipe ups, I'm gonna be so obnoxious. Oh. Because I'm like, everybody's fingers better be just numb from voting. Get ready. Thank you again, Caitlin. And we will see you guys on another episode of Not Too Deep. Goodbye. Too deep. Too deep. Too deep. Not too deep. With Grace Helbig. Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated. Producer Melissa D. Montz. Edited by Shireen Lani Yunus. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. And an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music. (laughs) 